Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are coming at you today, April 10th, via fansighted and whodatdish.com to bring you the latest Saints news, analysis, and opinions from your favorite hosts. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. I'm going pretty much solo today when you talk in terms of the other hosts of our show. Charlie and Tyler will not be joining me on this episode, but I will have Tyler later on today and another episode for you guys and Charlie tomorrow for yet probably two episodes for you guys tomorrow, so be sure to check that out. You can follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast to keep up with everything that we're doing. Um, and I mean, without further ado, obviously this is going to be a very fun mock draft simulator episode, uh, for the first half of the, uh, uh, first round of the 2019 NFL draft. And with me today, very special guest, very, very good friend of not just to me, but to the podcast as well. Uh, he, his podcast, the grind hours podcast, which you can find on SoundCloud and you can follow him on Twitter at not the fake J Leo, um, his podcast was the first podcast I appeared on uh, as any sort of sports journalist or analyst at all. Uh, so uh, always holds a special place in my heart. He's been on the the podcast a few times before, making his first appearance of 2019. Please welcome to the show, joining us all the way from Brooklyn, Jets fan Joe Leo. What is going on, Joe? Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be back on the pod. Um, it's been been a while since i've jumped on a pod and um every time i've came on here it's been a lot of fun and uh yeah i'm excited to talk jets i'm excited to talk saints i'm excited to talk nfl draft mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and let's just jump right into it yeah like i said on your podcast last week this is the, this time of the year is one of the most exciting in sports, right? You you have the beginning of the baseball season, you have NBA playoffs starting, even though the NFL and obviously NHL hockey playoffs are going on as well. Uh, but you don't really have any NFL actual field action. But the NFL draft is one of the biggest spectacles in any off season in any sport, uh, and and so much prep goes into it, so much writing, podcasting, uh, uh, all of this, uh, just you know, consumption of information. And, and tape watching and whatnot goes into these players. And then, uh, you know, April 25th through the 28th is when it all goes down. So it's a very, very exciting time of the year. And, and, and like Joe said, I'm also very, very pumped, uh, not only to be here to talk draft, but also for this time of the year. So we thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Uh, you can follow the other two co-hosts who will be on later this week at Raymond Tyler M and at St. Charlie. And yeah, without further ado, let's just jump into it. First off, Joe, obviously we want to talk about the Jets before we get into uh, the first half of the first round. Um, and they, they have the number three overall pick, brand new head coach Adam Gase. Uh, they also have second-year quarterback uh, Sam Darnold. You guys also signed a big-name free agents like Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley to nice contracts. So th- this is a fairly important year for you guys, obviously, uh, uh, based off of the last couple of years of the young improvement there on defense and, and, and offense. And then you also talk about, obviously, the, the, the new incomers uh, on the team. But you guys have the number three overall pick right now in the draft, and there has been talks of the Jets moving back, acquiring more picks um, in the 2019 NFL draft. Uh, do you prefer the Jets to stay put at three, or or would you like to see them move back and acquire some more draft capital? And if they stay, who are your favorite prospects there at number three for the Jets? Because there's a lot of there there's a lot of guys they could go there at three. I person personally 
think the Jets will move back. And this is just based on all the reporting that's coming out uh, out of Arizona that Kyler Murray will go number one overall. Mm-hmm. I-, I think if Murray goes number one overall, Dwayne Haskins instantly becomes more valuable and probably the most valuable prospect on the board, more so than than Bosa, more so than Quinn Williams, more so than Josh Allen or any of the elite pass rushers that are in this draft. And you got teams like the Giants, like the Dolphins, even like Cincinnati, who want to move up to three to try to pick that quarterback. And I think that it's in the Jets', Jets best interest to move back. Um, a lot of Jet fans want Nick Bosa to don the new green and white, and that would be great. But I'm in the minority of people who think the biggest detriment to this team right now is offensive line. And I would personally go offensive line. Um, I actually have a uh, trade in this draft um, that uh, that I think would fit the Jets, and that's moving to eight uh, mm. with um, with to try to get more draft picks. But if they do stay at three, obviously Bose is going to be there probably. Uh, if not him, Quinn and Williams. Mm-hmm. But the guy that I have that I just can't get my eyes off of is Juwan Taylor out of Florida, the offensive tackle from Florida. Either him or the offensive tackle... Johannan Williams, yeah. I think his name yeah. is from um, Alabama. Yes, sir. From Alabama. Yeah, yeah. The Jets definitely need offensive line help, but it's just unfortunate that most every other draft has has an offensive lineman who will guarantee go in the top five. There's not really. I mean, you you just you just said the top two offensive line guys in this draft. Most of those guys are being mocked eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Uh, I mean, fifteenth, right around. I mean, none of these guys are really mocked top five or anything. So I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. That's the route the Jets go: moving back, acquiring more picks, and also getting the best offense. Because most likely, if the Jets do that, they're still going to be there, sitting at eight or nine or wherever they end up, a little bit lower in the draft, with the best tackle or second best offensive lineman available for them. I think that'd be a really smart move. I also really do like uh, Quentin Williams there. If if Nick Bosa falls to you guys, that's a steal right there. He he's he's been mocked number one overall to the Cardinals before the Murray news came in. Josh Allen is also a great prospect right there at three. You guys have a, you guys have a, you guys have a whole ton of options. Um, and and speaking of top five, outside of Murray and Bosa. And 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 maybe Quinn and Williams because all of those guys have been, but I don't I don't really think Williams is guaranteed. But Murray and Bosa are definitely I think no doubt top five picks. If Murray doesn't go number one, somebody's going to trade up and grab him somewhere in the top five. Bosa is most likely going to go second or third overall or first possibly. Who knows what's going to happen draft night? Um, and so besides those two guys, do you have any other no doubt type top five locks there uh, uh, for any of these prospects in the in the draft? I think it's Quentin Williams out of Cl- yeah. out of uh, Alabama. I really do. He is probably the best defensive lineman uh, prospect that just came out of, out of out of Alabama in the past couple of years. Probably the best uh, defensive line prospect out of the SEC in the past five years. I really really like him. Uh, it's a shame that the Jets don't need a interior defensive lineman this year. If they were sticking in the 4-3, he would definitely be the guy that I would want to go after, even with the offensive woes for the Jets. But switching to 
Greg Williams' new system in the 3-4. Quinn Williams is the odd man out in terms of prospects. Whoever he's going to get him is going to get a quintessential pro that's going to be an absolute home run. I actually like him better than Bosa. Uh, in, you know in what? I do too. Situations. I do too, honestly. I, th- I think Williams is going to have more of an impact, not just right away, but I think overall in his career, I think that he has the ability to be an Aaron Donald type player. With Bosa, it's just, I mean, it's just so up in the air at this point. We uh, Obviously, we've seen the talent. He's produced on the field. We know of his family, his brother, and how talented they are. Uh, so I, I think Bosa is going to be a fantastic pro as well. But William, I think Williams is top five lock as well. I also think Josh Allen is going to be a top five lock. Um, and and it's it's kind of a shame Ed Oliver isn't a top five lock. Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver could fall as low as 14. Um, but Ed, Ed, Ed Oliver is one of the best prospects of the past two drafts. If you go back to 2018... He, he's one of the best prospects overall out of all over you know, 500 prospects of the past two NFL drafts. Ed Oliver is versatile. He's athletic. Uh, he, he, his tape is just absolutely incredible. Uh, and, and again, he was another guy who was mocked number one overall, number two overall, before the Kyler Murray uh, uh, news has been you know slowly dropping on us. Uh, so I, I also think Ed Oliver is one of the best uh, prospects that we have here. Um, and then also we talk about sleepers. Every year there, it seems like a team will stay put in the draft, yet draft a surprise guy. Like, they didn't move back. They didn't move up to draft a first-round guy who usually wouldn't have been there. They stay put, and they end up drafting a guy. Last year, it was the Steelers uh, drafting Edmonds uh, towards the end of the draft. He was really projected in the third round. He ends up going tail end of the first. I thought that was really interesting. This year, I think that there are a couple of first-round sleepers that, that, that very possible can be selected Thursday night uh, on April 25th. I think number one, of course, he's been talked about a whole lot on Twitter the past couple days. Marquise Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma. Speedster. Uh, he's got a small frame, but honestly, for wide receivers in today's NFL, you can definitely work around that. He's going to be a fantastic vertical threat to whichever team he goes to if he's obviously able to stay healthy. Um, but he, he showed out at, at Oklahoma, all Big 12 honors. Um, and I, I, if he slips into the first round, I wouldn't be surprised. That would probably mean a team like, you know, a wide receiver heavy or needy team like my Saints, our Saints, may move up then in the second round to maybe snag a receiver possibly. Uh, But if Marquise Brown doesn't go in the first round, then a lot of teams I think will trade up for him because he's a great talent. I also think Taylor Rapp, safety out of Washington. He's a true free safety. He can be a ball hawk. uh, and, And he played very nicely in a pro system there in Washington. I've heard him rumored. Very, very late first round, maybe early second, but he could definitely be a sleeper that teams look at more and more often uh, and go Taylor Rapp there in the first round. Do you have any sleepers, uh, surprise sleepers possibly going in the first round, Joe? I actually really like Brian Murphy out of Mm -hmm. Washington as well, the the corner there. He fits perfectly into what Jacksonville does, and he could be a top 10. There's really one guy in the top 10 where – it's, and it's usually an offensive lineman that uh, gets drafted in the top 10, and you're just like, who is this guy, and where did he come from? Right. I think that's Brian Murphy this year. Okay. I like his game, too. I like him. Obviously, Greedy Williams is up there, too, with the best cornerbacks. And I really like DeAndre Baker out of Georgia as well. Uh, I think DeAndre Baker could definitely slip into the first round as well. Because, yeah, I, I think that there are three cornerbacks worthy of first-round picks this year. And those are the three guys. I think the most overrated out of all of them is, and I know I have a lot of LSU fans listening, 
I think Greedy Williams might be the most overrated of those three prospects. He's got the speed. He's got the length. Um, but, I mean, you watch his tape. He's, he looks lost occasionally. DeAndre Baker has the best tape out of all three of these corners. And, and if you're a tape guy, definitely go off of that, and Baker could, could find himself going in the first round. But, yeah, Byron Murphy, fantastic player as well. I, I'd love to see him go high there um, on Thursday night as well. But uh, without further ado, let's jump into it, Joe, man. Let's get this mock draft simulator going. So we're going to be doing picks 1 through 16. Uh, so the first half of the 2019 NFL draft in the first round, we are on the draftnetwork.com, uh, and it's their mock draft machine. Super awesome stuff, guys. If you haven't used it yet, you can you can go on there, select whichever team you want, however many teams you want. If you want to go one team, if you want to go all 32, you do it. You can go all seven rounds, or you can just go one. Um, it, it, it's it's just a great system. Um, and we're going to be using their uh, the Draft Network's predictive board for prospects listing. Doesn't really matter so much for us because I mean, if we're going one through 16, we get our picks at whichever prospect. So really, we'll we'll be using our. Um, own big boards and, and knowledge of these players for the most part. Um, so let's jump into it, Joe, man. I'm going to click the start button. I know you got one open up as well um, on your side. So I'm going to start at number one. Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. I'm going to give you the honor, Joe, of selecting for the Cardinals this mock draft. Obviously, again, it's been rumored with Kyler Murray uh, teaming up with Cliff Kingsbury, the team trading away Josh Rosen to make that room. You also got Nick Boza and Quentin Williams, other talented guys there. Uh, so, Joe, yeah, without further ado, man, Arizona Cardinals on the clock. Who are you going to make your pick? I'm buying into the hype, and I'm going Kyler Murray, okay. setting everything into motion. I think this is the most logical pick from for Cliff Kingsbury. He loves Kyler Murray, and I, I think it's the most entertaining thing, honestly, from a, from a NFL standpoint. If Murray goes number one, Josh Rosen is now instantly tradable, and a team like the Giants, yeah. I think, will pounce on on Josh Rosen. I loved Rosen last year. I, I wanted him. I wanted the Jets to pick him over Darnold all the way up until draft night, and when the Jets picked Darnold, I was like. All right, I'm not going to be upset with it, but sure. you didn't get my guy. I really like the the talent that Rosen brings. And if you're the Giants, I said this on my podcast when the Odell trade happened. I think if Murray goes number one, the Giants will trade a th- the third pick, the third round pick they got from the Browns to Arizona to snag Josh Rosen. Mm. And then use six and seventeen to improve that defense. I like that. I I think that would be the best plan for the Giants too. And yeah, the Cardinals wouldn't have leverage at that point, so they can't command a first or second round pick for Rosen. So yeah, third round pick for for him was probably going to be. But you know, I, I like that pick. I don't like. I mean, I, I love Murray as a prospect. I think he's going to be a really really great NFL quarterback. I also think Josh Rosen will be as well. I'm I'm on the same page as you. I really love Rosen's game, and I. I don't think the Cardinals should be giving up this early on Rosen. I understand he didn't have the best rookie season. That's obvious. Um, but he also had almost nothing there for a supporting cast. Outside of Larry Fitzgerald, if you include – outside of Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, if you include his offensive line, receiving core, and everything else uh, on that side of the ball, he, he had virtually no help. You can't really do that to a rookie quarterback. Now, essentially, the Cardinals are and, – and, and I know this it's a business and everything, and you want to go with the best guy, but the Cardinals are abandoning – Josh Rosen, if they're doing this, for, again, another project quarterback who who knows how good Murray will be next year. If Rosen struggled 
Rosen has the prototype NFL quarterback body. If he struggled at that type of offense with the Cardinals, who who made a couple of improvements this offseason, but not too much to move the needle. It's the whole reason you know, they got their one overall pick. Um, I don't know. Murray might not have a great rookie season too, and who knows if the Cardinals are doing the same thing next year. I, I doubt they'll abandon Murray like they did Rosen. You know, it's number one pick, number seven. Murray's also, you know, a generational talent, Heisman Trophy winner. But still, I mean, who's to say they don't do that again next year? So I feel bad for Rosen. I don't think the Cardinals should be doing this, even though I love Murray as a prospect. But um, I do think that's what's going to end up happening draft night. Is it the smartest move to me? No, but it is a, a it is a smart move overall. Um, so I like that pick. Um, 49ers are on the clock now. Now, really, the Niners need a lot of help back in their secondary. However, with the number two overall pick, it'd be a reach to go with, you know, a Greedy Williams or a Byron Murphy or DeAndre Baker or one of the top safeties. Um, so I'm going to go, as, as most everybody else has gone, I'm going to go uh, Nick Bosa there at number two overall for the 49ers. Of course, Bosa, uh, he, he, he possesses almost every move you want a pass rusher to have. He has a perfect, perfect body uh, for today's edge rusher. Uh, he's going to be able to get to a quarterback. He has to make improvements on run stopping, but I think that'll come along with coaching there uh, in San Francisco. Um, and I, I would I would have loved, loved to gone Quinn and Williams, but the 49ers definitely need more edge help than interior defensive line because they already have some talent there. So uh, second overall, Nick Bosa to the 49ers. Your team, Gang Green, Joe, is on the clock. New York Jets. Who are you going with? As I've said, or as I said before, I actually have this pick being traded to right. Detroit. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and pick the guy I would have slotted at uh, at eight for the Jets, and just go Jawan Taylor here okay. at three. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I wish we could make trades in this. Uh, that would in the if simulator. that would. If that were to happen and that was a thing, this would be the tool that everybody used. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, it, it, it'd be the perfect prediction for them. Um, it's like the NBA trade machine. It's, it's great, but it's not perfect. Exactly, exactly, 100%. Um, no, I like, and I, again, I, th- I think Taylor is, is definitely the best offensive lineman in this draft. Um, and, and, yeah, the Jets definitely need that help there. Uh, 40, or, uh, excuse me, the, the Oakland Raiders are now on the clock. Very interesting situation with them obviously they traded for antonio brown brown's been on social media jar uh, joined with some guys most notably of course juju smith schuster's former teammate interesting situation going on but i mean they got the they also signed tyro williams from the chargers very talented number two guy there so the offense is kind of looking up for the raiders of course john gruden's there they have three first round picks because they traded away Khalil Mack and amari cooper last season so number four is their first of their three first round picks and now that this guy is sitting here, even though they don't exactly need uh, interior defensive line help, it would be – actually, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to go Quinn and Williams here. I'm going to let Quinn and Williams slide. Uh, I'm going with Josh Allen here, okay? The Raiders need edge help badly, more than anything. Uh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous how, how much they've struggled. So even though I think Quinn and Williams overall is the better prospect, Josh Allen is going to be more beneficial for the Raiders to select there at number four. Josh Allen, edge guy out of Kentucky, one of the best, most athletic overall players in this entire draft class. Uh, I'm going Josh Allen there, uh, number four overall. Uh, give me 
the edge out of Kentucky. I, I, I really, really like his game. Um, and now number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. A uh, whole lot of good prospects to go. Uh, who are you picking there, Joe? I actually am happy that you went with Josh Allen. Um, I like the guy that I'm going to pick for the Bucks more than Josh Allen, and that's Ed Oliver. We talked about him okay. before. Nice. I like his game overall better than um, Allen. Allen had a great season, but it was he going to school at Kentucky. Houston's a better program. They play better talent than, than Kentucky does. And just because Josh Allen had a ridiculous bowl game and Ed Oliver was sitting out, I think there's a little bit of recency bias with Josh Allen. I still think Josh Allen is a very good prospect. Mm-hmm. I personally just like Ed Oliver more. You know what? I, 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 I think Oliver and Allen, you really can't go wrong either way. I like both prospects more. I think I think Allen is overall, you, you, you know the position Allen's going to be playing for you. And again, he's he's one of the most athletic guys there. But Oliver as well, versatile guy. You can plug and play him. Uh, he's got a high motor. Great player. Both great prospects. Um, so yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. So Quentin Williams has slipped outside of the top five, even though we we were both talking about him being a top five lock. But um, essentially, I think that if if the um, yeah, I'll probably end up actually just just making moving the Jets back to eight, and then putting the putting the Lions there in three, and then whoever the Lions end up selecting at eight will actually be the three slot, and it could end up being Quinn Williams. But here at six, we got we got the New York Giants on the clock. I'm gonna go the guy. So I was just recently in Mockamania 2019 draft, ran by Darth Blunt 47 on Twitter. Fantastic mock draft. We did all seven rounds. I controlled the Miami Dolphins. I traded picks 13 and 48 to the New York Giants for six to get I was hoping for Kyler Murray I traded this before the draft started but Murray went fourth so I went Dwayne Haskins there at six for the Dolphins and I think if if the Giants are smart they're gonna do the same here at six so I'm gonna go ahead and draft Dwayne Haskins number six overall to the Giants even though I don't think they'll do it because again they have they have they have confidence in Eli and he didn't have he didn't have a terrible season last year let's get that right he did not have a terrible season last year but the inconsistency he's shown the lack of winning uh hopefully they move on from him soon and of course the age is a big factor but Dwayne Haskins fantastic season last year uh you know he would have won the Heisman Trophy had had Kyler Murray not put up the ridiculous numbers um and and Haskins is a pro pro I think that he's able to make better NFL throws than almost any quarterback um that that we see in this uh, 2019 draft so Haskins number six to the Giants even though I don't think they'll do it I, th- I think Haskins falls uh, uh, or I think it would be smart for Haskins to go to the Giants there at six. Uh, and now we have the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock, another interesting team. Um, Leonard Fournette so up in the air, even though they did spend a number four overall pick on him a couple years ago. They have new quarterback Nick Foles. Uh, very, very interesting team uh, going from AFC Championship game one year to the number seven overall pick the following season. Um, if you're the Jaguars here, Joe, on the clock with these prospects left, who are you going with? I would personally go with Brian Murphy. Like, I really like his game, but I think the Jaguars at this point will go probably best player on the board and or best player for their system, and that's Devin White out of LSU. I like that. I I love Devin White. I think he's going to be potentially the best player in this draft when it's all said and done, and he is a guy that you you plug into this defense and you have – a prototype for what this defense was two years ago. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, 
him flying all over the field. I know Quinn and Williams is there. They don't need another off- or defensive lineman sure. with how much of their payroll is going to their line. So stacking their linebackers, putting somebody at that second level, Devin White to the Jaguars. I, I love that pick so much, Manny. I th- I th- first off, obviously Devin White, LSU Tiger. Uh, I know a lot about his game. I think he's going to be a uh, fantastic um, Mike linebacker. Uh, he's going to be able to man a lot of defenses. But also, uh, Zach Goodall, uh, who's also a good friend of the podcast, he, he he was on last season to help us preview the Jaguars Saints preseason game. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he's been talking a lot about the struggles of the current linebackers there for the Jaguars. Uh, more importantly, Miles Jack and Telvin Smith. Uh, both of those guys' future with the Jaguars seems short. So snagging Devin White here, who I agree, since since Williams is, is is now that we're changing it, Williams will be gone at three to the to the Lions. Devin White there at seven, best player available by far, and uh, I think that's a steal for the Jaguars. And it, it's weird to say steal this early in the draft, but that's a steal there for the Jaguars. They get their linebacker of the future. I love that pick, Joe. That was awesome. And yeah, so Lions at eight. Um, but essentially, this is them at three. I'm going to go Quinn and Williams there for them. Even though, I mean, they have a really, really good uh, interior defensive line uh, already there. And Damon Harrison, uh, snacks as they like to call him. Um, but pairing him up with Quinn and Williams, that is is uh, perfect. I mean, I mean that, that is a really scary defensive line right there off the bat. Um, and you have Matt Patricia's system there in defense, a little bit of improvement. They've, they've also signed guys like Justin Coleman there in the secondary to help out with Darius Slay. So that defense would, would look fantastic if Quentin Williams goes, uh, you know, ends up a Detroit Lion. Um, so, so far, so good. Now on the clock, at number nine overall, are the Buffalo Bills going in with, uh, they were also a team that selected uh, a quarterback in the first round last season, Josh Allen. Um, and obviously struggled last year. Uh, you know, they, they played Nathan Peterman a little bit. The Buffalo Bills just have a whole lot of question marks, as they seem to do year in and year out. Somehow won as so many games that they're only the number nine overall pick here. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good prospects left yet again. A lot of people have mocked DK Metcalf to the Bills here, uh, but there's also guys, you know, obviously like TJ Hawkinson, Brian Burns, or Sean Gary, guys that they could need. Um who are you taking there at number nine for the Bills, Joe? I'm 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 looking at these prospects and I'm like, I mean, any of these guys will make the Bills better. Almost anybody will make the Bills better at this point. Uh, if you're the Bills here, who do you go with? Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. Like uh, one of the, part of the the group at Clemson that was the winningest program or winningest group of players in their history has played a lot of games in the SEC. Three games in bowl season against Alabama, two national championships, and like Devin White, could be the best player in this draft when it's all said and done. I think he's Quinnen Williams just a little, maybe even a little bit better than Quinnen Williams, mm. honestly. Mm. I like that. No, yeah, I, th- I think Wilkins, his decorated college career will definitely get him a lot more looks, looks for NFL teams, and he, he's he's definitely got the body to, to uh, wreck havoc there. Uh, in the NFL. Uh, I like that pick. And definitely that's the biggest need for the Bills as well as interior D-line. So I, I think that everybody's happy there. Now, 10th overall, Denver Broncos. Again, this is so interesting. Any of these teams can go so many ways. It's so crazy. Uh, Broncos, of course, traded away uh, Case Keenum this offseason uh, to the Washington Redskins. 
They also traded for Joe Flacco from the Baltimore Ravens. So right now, Flacco is their starting quarterback. John Elway has been saying Flacco's in his prime. He's going to be the future of the, the Broncos, at least for the, the short time being. But I really want the Broncos to go quarterback here. However, I don't... I mean, I know a lot of people like Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, and, and they may both go in the first round. I don't think... I, I, I think Locke is worth a first-round pick, but not at 10th overall. Um, so it might be a stretch there for, for the Broncos. However, their their biggest needs outside of quarterback, linebacker, defensive line, tight end. Uh, the best tight end available at TJ Hawkinson could be a reach at 10. However, I'm going to go Hawkinson right here for the Broncos. Definitely need a tight end. We saw how good their offense was when Julius Thomas was balling out with Peyton Manning, right? So if you can get Hawkinson on the same uh, you know wavelength as Joe Flacco, possibly wait for 2020 to get your quarterback of the future or maybe even sign another free agent next year. Um, I just don't think Drew Locke is worth the 10th overall pick. So for the Denver Broncos, since there's not really any great, great linebacker, interior D-line, or quarterback prospects left right here, I'm going to go TJ Hawkinson, uh, who who is by far the best tight end prospect we've had in the past few years uh, in the the entire NFL draft. He can block great. He can catch great. His radius is fantastic. He's a red zone threat as well as a just middle-of-the-field type guy. Um, And, again, he's going to be able to make blocks for you and make plays. So I think the Broncos get a good guy here with TJ Hawkinson. Um, And up next, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, another team who could use a quarterback for their future but also another team who could use a lot of help in other areas. They're sitting there at 11. I wouldn't be surprised if they, like you mentioned earlier, trade up uh, in the actual NFL draft. But here they are at 11. Uh, Who do you like the Bengals going with uh, in this slot? There's a lot of things that this Bengals team needs. Um, They have a ton of holes. But I'm going to go with a guy that I personally love. I've seen play – all of his college ball at Michigan, and that's mm. Devin Bush. Mm. Nice pick. I, the, the Bengals, what the Bengals are getting here is a guy that will play, he'll play on a broken leg. He really sure. he will give sure. everything to the Bengals organization. And he, it, I just, I can't say enough about the guy. I, I really love him. I'm so sad that he's not going to come back for his senior season at Michigan. But best of luck to Devin Bush wherever he goes. I think the best place for him is rebuilding that defense in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I, again, Bush Bush and um, uh, White, both of the Devons, are the two best linebacking prospects of this draft. And and whether or not – I mean, I, I, I could definitely see Bush going – uh, seventh overall to Jacksonville instead of White. I mean, that I think that's how close it's getting now after, I mean, Bush had a fantastic combine performance. His 40 was off the charts. Um, and also, again, watching his film, you can tell the intensity. And yeah, you you said it, you hit it right on the nose, man. He played with a broken leg. He has passion for the game. Um, he, he's a team player. He, he's, he's absolutely incredible. So great pick right there. I like that a lot. Um, and yeah, again, the Bengals need just so much help everywhere. I think that this is a good base for them, especially, you know, getting rid of Vontez Burfitt, kind of rebuilding there, uh, in the, in the middle of the defense. So I think, I think that's a really good pick there, Devin Bush. Now, Green Bay Packers are, are on the clock now at 12th overall. Again, another team struggling, a lot of question marks up in the air. Luckily their quarterback situation is figured out, have a brand new head coach, Matt LaFleur. Uh, so, you know, obviously that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, but their needs stem from you know, anywhere from 
safety backline defense there for them to right up there in the trenches both offensive line and defensive line they need help there they also need tight end uh they need some wide receiver to help out with uh uh obviously aaron Rodgers and um uh, Devonte adams who can't do everything there for them so with with all the guys left i would love to go Rashawn gary but the uh, uh packers spent a lot of money on both zadarius smith and preston smith this offseason uh shoring up that edge for them so I'm going to go use because Rashawn Gary's still on the board, as is Montez Sweat, as is Brian Burns, of course. Noah Font's still there. However, I think I think overall best player available for the Packers situation right here is going to be the best receiver in the draft, DK Metcalf, um, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Of course, another guy who could have killed it at the Combine. He's gigantic. Um, and if you again, if you watch his tape, you can understand that he really gets a lot of his yards after the catch. He's, he's not a fantastic route runner. He's not really going to find a lot of open space. But in an offense with Green Bay, I think with Matt LaFleur's play calling, they'll be able to open it up a little bit more so that they can get some open looks to Metcalf and then let him do the rest. So I, I think DK Metcalf there at 12 for the Packers will really make everybody happy. I think it'll give LaFleur a little bit more to play with. And then it'll also give, you know, Aaron Rodgers another target, this time a much bigger target than he's had in quite a long time. Um, so DK Metcalf there at 12 for the Packers. 13th overall, the Dolphins. Uh, again, it seems like they're hashtag tanking for Tua. Uh, they're going to try to look for a quarterback in the 2020 draft. However, there's still Drew Locke on the board, uh, but they need uh, help at edge. They need help with offensive tackle. Really, their entire offensive line, um, they, they have a lot of needs there. But uh, if you're the Dolphins here at 13, Joe, who are you taking with the with the list of prospects left? The Dolphins went on a quiet fire sale. They, mm. they got rid of everybody. Yes, they did. This year. And I don't think it's... They could say we're not tanking for Tua. They could say we're tanking for Tua. Either way, everybody knows that the guy that plays quarterback for Alabama is probably going to be the guy who plays under center on Sundays for the Dolphins next year. Mm. You got to go best player on the board, and right now, with the way that things have shaken out, that's Rashawn Gary from Michigan. Yeah, he had a fantastic beginning to the season last year for the Wolverines. Petered out at the end of the year, had had an injury, didn't really get to get as many snaps and as much playing time as he would have liked at the end of the year. But just like Devin Bush. Rashawn Gary is going to give you everything that he has and will be a nice building block for for this Dolphins team to really restart this rebuild. And it's also a Patreon-esque move right? because their new head coach is a descendant of Bill Belichick. So I think Rashawn Gary will fit perfectly uh, in the new defense in Miami. I like Rashawn Gary a lot too, yeah. And, and Gary's another guy who's been mocked top ten. Um, he he had a he had a you know pretty nice combine as well. His, his draft stock kind of kind of rose a little bit, but he's a very interesting guy. But obviously, any 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 defender coming out of Michigan, you know that they're the intensity is going to be there. They're going to be ready to play at the next level. Um, I like that pick a lot there, Rashawn Gary there for the Miami Dolphins, who again need help in almost every every aspect on the field. And now on the clock. NFC, this is the uh, second NFC South team coming up for, for the Saints, uh, which is which is great that we did the first half because we got to go through the Jets, and then we also got to go through, even though the because the Saints don't have a first-round pick, we got to see, we're going to be seeing all three other NFC South teams' first-round selections here, so that'll be interesting. And the Falcons, 
uh, after the Buccaneers are the second one of the bunch, and they're sitting there at 14th overall. Again, they need a lot of help, but and 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 with the prospects listed, it's it's really down between Brian Burns and Montez Sweat for them. I I think Noel Font can be considered there, as could Andre Dillard out of Washington State. Shout out, um, but. I definitely think that they need help getting to the quarterback, and I think the best guy available, who, again, also had a fantastic combine and and rose his numbers up, um, is Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. Um, And, and, and again, the Falcons need that help on defensive line. It's down Mm. between him and Brian Burns, but I like Montez's Sweat play against the run a lot more than I do Brian Burns, even though Brian Burns possesses more of a bend, a little bit more athleticism there. But Montez Sweat showed at the combine that he is athletic enough to get around offensive tackles, and uh, I, I really like him falling there 14 to the uh, Falcons. So Falcons 14, getting Montez Sweat. Uh, and now up on the clock, Washington Redskins for you, Joe. Again, uh, traded for uh, Case Keenum earlier this offseason after losing Alex Smith to a horrific injury last year. Although it's very up in the air at times this offseason, it seemed like head coach Jay Gruden didn't really know exactly what was going on with the team. He was just kind of going with the flow. There's not a whole lot of control there, so they they definitely need something to right the ship here. Their their biggest need is wide receiver and offensive line help, um, and and at this point it's it's kind of you know they could go anywhere, but they definitely need to address some offense uh, help there for Case Keenum there. Who are you going there at 15 uh, for the Redskins with the, with this list of prospects left? Hollywood. Yes, I think yes. they're going Montez Brown. I love that. I love that. They need, just need, an explosion on offense. Yes. He is the most explosive player in this draft on the offensive side of the ball. And, I mean, really, from the RG3 era to the Kirk Cousins era, now to the Alex Smith slash Case Keenum era, the one thing that was missing the entire time was a receiver. They did yes. not have a guy to take the top off the defense and be a deep threat. And now they have one sitting in their laps with Marquez, or Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. He made both Baker Mayfield and our guy at number one. Um, Kyler Murray. Tyler Murray, excuse me. A Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, he's, what else do you need? He's been fantastic. And, and, and Oklahoma tends to pump out great receivers year in and year out, it seems, as well, whether it be at the college level or the NFL level. So I like that pick a lot, man. I really, really – and like I said, Marquise Brown, he's going to slip into the first round one way or the other, I think. So going – I mean, you again, this wide receiver draft class is not very strong either. If you consider it's – it's not top-heavy by any means. There's a lot of guys there in the middle that can. I mean, I mean, you look at Hakeem Butler's there, of course, and Keel Harry. DK Metcalf's probably going to be the first one off the board. Uh, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown. After that is just a lot of, you know, second, third round. So if you can get a guy like Marquise Brown here in the first round, that's fantastic. That, then, then the uh, Redskins don't have to worry about getting gutted later on when they try to go for a wide receiver there, you know, in the second or the third round. And most of those guys have already been taken because that's when other teams are going to be targeting guys. So get your wide receiver now. Help out Case Keenum. I love that pick a lot. And finally, wrapping up this first half of the first round mock draft here. This has been so much fun. Uh, The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. The third and final NFC South team here in this mock. Um, Again, a team that has has just been so up and down. Inconsistency. Uh, I mean, they're only a few years removed from the Super Bowl. Cam Newton's still there at quarterback. 
Uh, he's looking to take some sort of, you know, uh, celibacy break so that he can focus his mind more. We'll see if that works um, because they need a lot of help there uh, on both sides of the ball. Mainly, though, up front there on offense and uh, on the back line on defense. But they also need somebody to get to the quarterback. And I talked about this guy earlier. Uh, I like his game a lot. I do think that he he needs to be better against the run overall. But Brian Burns out of Florida State, a guy I've seen I've seen Brian Burns mocked to um, uh, the 49ers at second overall. I mean I mean Brian Burns is just a, a talent there that is a little bit unpredictable. He has a very very high ceiling but a very very low floor, so he's kind of a risk. But there at 16, I think that's a great value pick. Uh, for the Panthers at 16. They get a guy getting after the quarterback. Um, so that concludes this mock draft, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go back over the picks one more time for you guys. Uh, number one overall, Arizona Cardinals going Kyler Murray, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Number two, San Francisco 49ers going Nick Bosa, edge out of Ohio State. Neither of those picks are surprises. Obviously, that seems like what's going to actually happen on April 25th. And then we have the trade, the line jumping up to three uh, and grabbing Quinn Williams out of Alabama interior defensive lineman and then you have four oakland raiders going josh allen edge out of kentucky number five you have the tampa bay buccaneers going with one of our favorite prospects ed oliver interior defensive lineman out of houston and then you have the giants selecting the second quarterback Dwayne haskins out of ohio state which i think is what they really should do jacksonville jaguars there at seven getting a steal and devin white at linebacker out of lsu i really like that pick joe man i, I still love that pick uh, number eight, New York Giants, or New York Jets, excuse me, sorry, going with that trade uh, from Detroit. At number eight overall, they go Jawan Taylor, the best offensive tackle in this draft out of Florida. Buffalo Bills at nine, going Christian Wilkins, interior defensive lineman out of Clemson. Um, and then number 10, Denver Broncos going TJ Hawkinson, the best tight end of this draft out of Iowa. Cincinnati Bengals going Devin Bush Jr. out of uh, Michigan, the linebacker. Green Bay Packers then going DK Metcalf there at 12, which, uh, you know, a lot of people could say is a steal. He's out of Ole Miss. Miami Dolphins going Rashawn Gary, edge guy out of Michigan. So that's two Michigan guys going within a couple of picks of each other. Atlanta Falcons at 14 go Montez Sweat, another edge defender, this time out of Mississippi State. 15, the Washington Redskins go Marquise Hollywood Brown, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. And at 16, the Carolina Panthers go Brian Burns, another edge out of Florida State. And that concludes this, and again, this, we, we could eventually do one again next week, but this concludes the 2019 first half, first round mock draft with special guest Joe Leo. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, I, I Again, I think all of these picks are, are great. I really hope that the Jets do end up moving back so you guys can get more draft capital while also staying in the first round and getting a guy you need like Juwan Taylor. I thought that was a great move. Um, and again, I like Marquise Brown at 15, and I like Devin Bush at 7. I also like Hawkinson at 10 um, to the uh, Denver Broncos. And of course, if the Lions are able to get up and get Quentin Williams, pair him with uh, uh, Damon Harrison, I think that's a great pick as well. So um, again, that concludes today's uh, mock draft and episode, guys. Uh, Joe, thanks again for coming on, man. Um, really appreciate it. We'll have you on soon. Go and plug your stuff real quick for the people listening at home where they can find you outside of this podcast. So you can find me at the Grind Hours podcast, which Dayton's going to be coming on in a uh, few hour, few minutes from now. Uh, so that's Grind Hours podcast, SoundCloud, or SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you get podcasts, you can find my podcast. Again, that's the Grind Hours podcast. Also, the Basement View. 
I feel like I always make announcements for my blog <laughs> on this podcast, but um, I'm actually moving back to Blogger. So that's jdatasports.blogspot.com for the basement view. I will have an announcement, an official announcement, uh, within the next couple of days, moving back from Medium to, to Blogger. And you can find my radio show at mywbcr.com. It gets posted every Tuesday around 10 o'clock. Um, and you can also read me on there as well, doing some uh, local sports coverage with the uh, Brooklyn College Bulldogs. Yeah, that's all my stuff. And again, thanks for having me on. It was yeah. great. Of course, man. Awesome stuff, uh, as always, from you. And yeah, guys, be sure to go check out everything from Joe. I, I love getting the updates from you. And uh, you know, again, congrats on the move. And yeah, I, I do remember you announcing your move to Medium uh, on our podcast. I think that was, what, early uh, last year? Uh, maybe it was a little bit... Uh, it was early 2017. 2017, that's right. Oh, man, how time flies. Or early, early 2018, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. early well, tw- January time- 2018 is when I moved to... Uh, to medium, so just about a, a year and a half removed from uh, from the from the announcement. Time flies, man. Time absolutely flies. But yeah, again, thank you for coming on the show, man. I'll be on his podcast here in just a little bit, so you guys be sure to check that out as well. Um, and as always, thank you so much for tuning into the Who Dat Dish podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the WDD. Follow myself at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys very soon. And as always, Who Dat.